Braintree, Massachusetts, September 1763. He's guilty of murder, the judge's voice echoed through the meeting house. I hereby sentence him to be hanged. Murmurs of approval broke the tense silence, but Susanna Smith's chest constricted with something close to pity. From her spot in the gallery, she had a clear view of Hermit Crab Joe, of the flicker of surprise that rounded his eyes and cracked the weathered skin of his forehead. He might be a murderer, but that didn't stop her from feeling sorry for the lonely old recluse. Thank the Lord, Mary whispered. Now we can finally sleep peacefully at night. Her sister's words gave breath to her own thoughts, to the worries that had plagued her since several local farmers had discovered the battered, lifeless body of the young maiden along the rocky coast of the bay. The surrounding parishes had been able to speak of nothing but the murder for the past week. Now perhaps they could resume normal life again. Susanna folded her hands in her lap. We need to pray for his poor lost soul. But even as the words left her mouth, her gaze strayed to the slumped shoulders of Mr. Benjamin Ross sitting on the bench next to Hermit Crab Joe. Mr. Ross had spoken eloquently and passionately on behalf of his client. His defense had been flawless, and he'd almost made her believe the aged seaman was innocent. Almost. Yet no one else in their law-abiding community, besides Hermit Crab Joe, even came close to being a suspect. And it was too frightening to acknowledge the possibility that a murderer still roamed free, that perhaps one of the God-fearing men sitting in the box pews below was to blame instead. I hope we'll have the hanging today and be done with this awful affair. Mary tucked a loose golden curl back under the wide brim of her hat. Her usually pale cheeks were rosy from the stuffiness that had settled upon the square room. The clapboard building, that had also served as a place of worship, was filled beyond capacity. Even with all three doors open, the crispness of the September afternoon had been unable to penetrate the interior of Braintree's middle parish meeting house, including the gallery where the women sat. Poor, poor Joe. Grandmother Eve said, tears pooling in her usually merry eyes. All along, Grandmother Eve had insisted Joe was innocent. If Susanna hadn't known better, she would have been tempted to draw the conclusion that Grandmother Eve was acquainted with the man. But that was impossible. Stooped at the shoulders, with his long hair tangled across the hump of his back, Hermit Crab Joe had always kept to himself in his dilapidated hovel near the shore. I'm sorry, Grandmother. Susanna reached for the woman's hand and squeezed her plump fingers. We don't have to stay for the hanging, if you'd rather return home. Honorable Justice Niles! The strong voice of Mr. Ross rose above the clamor that had swept through the meeting house. I plead for mercy on behalf of my client. The young lawyer stood. His face was flushed and beads of perspiration speckled his brow beneath the grey wig he wore tied into a queue, like most of the other men. The judge, who'd been talking with the beadle and constable, likely making arrangements for the hanging, frowned at Mr. Ross, and then raised his hand for silence. With the long ringlets of his white periwig 
the bands at his throat, and his imposing black robe, Judge Niles was surely the picture of God himself. The chattering among the crowd ceased, broken only by the distant call of a seagull. Regardless of the sentiment toward my client, Mr. Ross said, his clear, clipped voice commanding Susanna's attention, as it did everyone's. I plead benefit of the clergy. I would like to prove Joe Sewell can read the Bible and thus is a worthy candidate for reform.